Before we start this episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors. If you're studying for the Foreign Service Officer Test like us, we have a great study tool for you. Besides listening to our podcast, we also use FSO Compass. On FSO Compass, you can find practice tests for every section, comprehensive courses that guide you through the entire application process, and you can even connect with other aspiring U.S. diplomats. The resources have really helped us prepare, and we hope they help you too. To access FSO Compass and get 10% off your annual subscription, be sure to use the link in our description box. Good luck! Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of How Did We Not Know That? My name's Jack. I'm Nat. And today, Nat is going to talk about a very important war that happened. Yes! Yeah, today I'm going to be talking about the War of 1812. Super exciting. So before I get into it, Jack, what do you know about the War of 1812? Nothing. I know it was 200 (laughs) years ago, so it was a while ago. I don't even... Was it a U.S. war? Yeah, yeah. So we fought in it. It was on U.S. soil. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, I also like did not know a lot about War of 1812. I was like, oh, it sounds super boring. Um... (laughs) It, like, okay, if listeners have, like, realized we don't really talk about a lot of stuff, like, in, like, the early 1800s, like, the very beginning years of America, and, like, that's for a reason, like, personally, I'm not very interested in the topic, but I was like, okay, I know nothing about War of 1812, so I should look into it. So I'll just, like, dive right into it. So basically, in the year of 1812, America is a really, really young country, right? Like, side note, in case you forgot, we gained our independence in 1776. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, and then, so, Great Britain, so they're, our, they're the people we're fighting in the war, right? At this time, Great Britain is really huge, and they're the world's greatest naval power. And even though we're such a young, tiny country, we still end up going to war with them. Um, and so, yeah, so basically, War of 1812 is us versus Great Britain, and so the causes of the war, you might be wondering, why did we choose to go to war? Yeah, I feel like we just had the American Revolution Yeah. then to go into another war. Right? Like, we're still recovering from the War of Independence, and then also, like, we're still trying to establish ourselves as, like, establish our government and establish ourselves as an independent nation, but mm-hmm. we were still really pissed at... Great Britain and we were so mad that we decided that we should go to war so uh there's not really one like clear main cause for the war but like historians have kind of broken it down into three uh three overall reasons so at the time Great Britain is fighting France in the Napoleonic Wars I also like I never... Yeah, we gotta research Napoleon, because he's a big guy. Yeah. And I don't even... I, like, I realize I never really took, like, European history classes, and I think that's, like, kind of problematic. I should probably know this stuff. I feel like these wars, like, when I was looking into the Napoleonic Wars, I was like, oh my gosh, how did I not know about this? This was such a huge deal, and they were fighting for so long. Yeah. See, I feel the opposite way. I feel like we learn a lot more about European history than anywhere else in the world and I know there's a lot going on in Asia (laughs) probably lots of things in South America and Africa too yeah 
But that's fair. Like, we're predominantly white and... No, I, like, completely agree with you. No, I think you're actually true. I think I just don't remember a lot of what I learned in high school. But... Because Gutenberg... You hear me complain about this all the time. Gutenberg Printing Press. We spent, <laughs> like, half a year on the Gutenberg Printing Press. It's pretty self-explanatory, okay? He just made little stencils and then printed books. <laughs> That's all the lesson had to be. It was oh a one-liner sentence. And they stretched that out for forever. That's, like, the most influential piece of history I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) that shaped our world (laughs) as we know today but but yeah so but somehow we definitely skipped over war of 1812 um, at least in my classes Um, and so yeah so Great Britain and France are fighting in the Napoleonic Wars and so both these two countries are trying to stop the other country from trading with the U.S. so so because they don't want the other country to like benefit from trading yeah, whatever. And so the U.S. was super upset with Great Britain for restricting their trade because they're like, oh, my gosh, like we just gained our independence from you guys. You can't like be telling us what we can and can't do. So they were pissed at Great Britain for that. Also, another crazy thing that's happening at this time. So they're upset about the Royal Navy, like the Great Britain, Great Britain's Navy, their policy of impressment of American sailors. And basically what impressment means is that Great Britain would like, they would attack U.S. ships and then come and like kidnap the U.S. sailors on those ships, bring them back to Britain and be like, okay, now you have to fight in our army. And like... Because, like, they, there was a shortage of sailors during this war. It had been going on for so long, and so many people died. So they're like, oh, we need new sailors, so let's just kidnap them. Yeah, Great Britain benefits a lot from this policy because, like, not only are they getting more sailors, but they're also interfering with trade between the U.S. and France by, like, attacking these ships and everything. And, like, yeah, the U.S. is like, what the heck, you literally can't, like, please don't kidnap our sailors. <laughs> uh, and so members of Congress kind of use this as, like, one of the really big reasons to declare war in Britain publicly. They're kind of like, we can't let them get away with this. We must fight. And then, like, the third and final reason is that America is ex- was trying to expand its territory. So at the time, Canada is a British colony, And so they're like, okay, we got our eyes set on Canada. And so, you know, a war might, if we win the war, maybe we'll gain all of Canada as well. The United States wanted it? Like, we were like, okay. Yeah, they're like, (laughs) can you imagine? (laughs) Oh my gosh. And yeah. That's like all of North America. It's just that. That was like like pretty much the goal (laughs) of like all these presidents at the beginning. Like, they really had, yeah. The goal, the bar was high. Just land. I guess, yeah, times were simpler back then. You just wanted to gain more land. Also, question. I don't know. I know you've worked in Canada. Um, so I have no idea about the history of Canada. I met one nice Canadian on a plane, Aww. and he said that the unifying factor of Canadians was that they weren't American. Yeah. And I was like, yikes, you guys have a history, surely. like, Dude, okay, this is completely foreshadowing. I will get into how this impacted the Canadian identity later at the end but like literally I did not like hear about this war until I went to Canada and as soon as I stepped foot in Canada so I was like working in Ottawa right so it's the capital um 
everyone is talking about War of 1812. As soon as I brought up I was an American, they're like, oh, like, throwback to that. And everyone knows about War of 1812. Well, and they're very proud of it for, like, a lot of reasons. I will get into later. But, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, why? That's hilarious. Throwback to 1812. Y'all remember that? (laughs) They're still on 1812. No, but they'd be like, oh, you know, War of 1812. I was like. Oh yeah, for sure. I I know everything about that. Yeah. like <laughs> you know what? That's totally a parallel because I know. Well, okay, I should probably talk to my English friends, but like for us, right, the American Revolution is like everything. But yeah. for them, it's like okay, this group of people just kind of went off to another country and started that, and there's a war. But they that's not like a huge part in their history that they talk about. Yeah, it's kind of like okay, well, those are like the our loud neighbors and like. <laughs> Back to the War of eighteen twelve. So basically, there, yeah, uh, politicians and presidents have their eyes set on Canada and then other Native American territories, and they're like, let's just take over the whole continent while we're at it. And so Congress is really divided about going to war with Great Britain um, because obviously Great Britain has a way stronger navy and a lot more funding. So. To put it in perspective, the U.S. Army only has about ten to 12,000 soldiers, and they weren't, like, properly trained or equipped. And the U.S. Navy only has 17 ships, while Great Britain has 1,000. And then Britain collected 40 times more tax revenue than the U.S., so they're way more loaded than we are. But... At the time, again, Great Britain is fighting Napoleon, and so they're super distracted. They're not really concentrating all of their efforts on fighting the U.S., and so they're kind of using that to their advantage. Like, okay, they're putting all their efforts and all their best uh, men, I guess, (laughs) um, in France. And so the northern states, they're... Do you remember, like, the Federalist Party? I, like... Yeah, so that's, like, mostly northern states are in the Federalist Party. And so they don't support the war with Great Britain because they rely on trade with the country because like they don't have a lot of farming. So they really, they want to keep trading with Great Britain. So they're like, let's not go to war. But Southern states have a lot of farmlands and plantations. So they don't really have to worry about that. And they were like, hey, like, we, yeah, we should go to war with Great Britain because they also want more land for farming and for slavery. So... Yeah, there's very much a divide between North and South again. And so when it's voted on in Congress, it would actually be the smallest margin of votes for a declaration of war in U.S. history. So it was so close, like they just barely passed it. And so, yeah, this kind of shows you what, like the general feelings about entering the war, like people weren't really excited about it. And on June 18th, 1812, President James Madison signs a declaration of war against Great Britain. And this is actually the first time the U.S. declares war on anybody. Because, like, in the War of Independence, they're not, like, a country yet. Now that they're their first country, they're like, yay, our first war. Uh, (laughs) So Interesting take on it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so, yeah, so the war begins and almost immediately, like, the U.S. forces start attacking Canada in order to like, strike at Great Britain because it's a British colony. And so their thought process was that, you know, Canadians are going to join forces with us because they're going to want to revolt against Great Britain and, like, join, like, the free country of America, and they're going to join our side. But, like, this, that's not what happens. (laughs) And so, like, we went in way too confident, and we were very quickly defeated by Canadian and British troops. Oh, wow. Yeah, Canada was like, no, we're we're not one of you guys. (laughs) Like, sorry. Question. 
so if okay so at this time there's already like an established canada but that's just a territory of england yeah so do we consider canada its own canadian country or is it just like this is just more of england land yeah i think i think at the time like canada is still a young relatively younger british colony so i think the general views is like okay they're like primarily british i think the people like living in canada like the residents of canada feel more independent from britain but like americans kind of see them as just british uh troops and like yeah british people Yeah. yeah i believe that's like the general sentiment okay but yeah we are yeah very quickly defeated by canada and we're very shocked like whoa we were not expecting (laughs) such like strong resistance right everyone's supposed to be so nice in canada (laughs) like wait what this isn't how we planned it yeah (laughs) like i was not expecting this but yeah so u.s troops they actually surrender the town of detroit michigan without any shots being fired like they're just so scared that they I think they kind of just run away. Like, no one's shot. The United States. Yeah. They're just like, you can have Detroit. Yeah. So, Canadian troops invade Michigan, and, like, they claim the town of Detroit. So, we were invaded by Canada, also. (laughs) This is very not the Canada that I know. Yeah, right? No. They're so polite. It's like if you met a really nice person... And you're like, can I use your bathroom? And they're like, no. You know what I mean? It catches you really off guard because you think that it's just, like, a given that they would let you use your... Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Well, that's kind of, like, one of the issues with this, like, why we were quickly defeated because we didn't, like, give much thought to it. And we, like, our planning wasn't great. We were kind of just like, let's just go. Let's just storm. Yeah. Yeah, It was our first war, to be fair. It was the first time. That's very true. We were rookies, so we got to cut us some slack. But yeah, so, okay, so now I'm going to rewind to the fall of 1811, so before the war has officially been declared. And I'm going to talk about the Battle of Tippecanoe in Indiana. Have you heard of this battle? Because this, maybe it's because, I, I like, I don't know, Illinois is close to Indiana, but I feel like I've heard of the Battle of Tippecanoe so many times in school. But I didn't, like, remember what it was. But, so basically, fall of 1811. In Tippecanoe, Indiana, so Shawnee Chief Tecumseh, his name is Tecumseh, uh, he's the leader of Prophetstown, which is a Native American settlement. And so, Chief Tecumseh, he's encouraging other Native Americans to abandon the ways of whites, especially in regards to alcohol and consumer goods. And he's like, okay... Just don't listen to what all the white people are telling you. Like, just ignore them. And then, like, we should all, I guess, like, unite. Let's create our own settlement. Like, uh, there's safety in numbers. Like, yeah, so he's creating the settlement. And he's also a lot more militant than other Native American leaders at the time. And so his vision is uniting Native American tribes across the country and actively resisting white settlement. And so, obviously, the U.S. government is not a fan of Tecumseh. And so they send General William Henry Harrison to destroy the settlement of Prophetstown in the Battle of Tippecanoe, which also, okay, I just want to add a quick side note. So William Henry Harrison, this general, he would later become president in 1840, and he gives the longest inauguration speech ever in U.S. history. He catches a cold from this speech, and then he dies 40 days later. 
Oh, I think I've heard of this president. Isn't that, is he the one with the shortest term? Yeah, because he, oh. like, passes away pretty much, yeah, a little over a month. Wait, what was his name again? Wi- Her- William Henry Harrison. William Henry Harrison. Yikes. Yeah, dude, I thought that was wild. I did not know that, so I just wanted to... How long was his speech? Do you know? Like, an hour? <sighs> no, I think it was, like, a long, long time. I think it was, like, a few hours, but... Yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I just, not really relevant, but I just wanted to throw that in. So back to the Battle of Tippecanoe. So Harrison, his forces defeat Tecumseh, and um, this defeat convinces many Native Americans in the region, including Tecumseh, that they need to join British forces later in the War of 1812 uh, because they need to fight against the U.S. in order to prevent American settlers from pushing them further out of their lands. So this is really important because once the War of 1812 starts, the U.S. is fighting against British, Canadian, and Native American troops. It's not looking good for the U.S., but we do have quite a few successes throughout the war, like surprisingly. So in the early months of the war, we actually scored a lot of victories against the Royal Navy um, because, again, they're fighting in France and they're not really paying too much attention to us. We're just kind of like a side note. That they're like, oh gosh, now we got to worry about like these guys again. But we also defeat British invasions in New York and Baltimore. And then General William Henry Harrison, he reclaims Detroit in the Battle of Thames and then he actually kills Tecumseh in this conflict. So, yeah, so we do win those. But then we also suffer a lot of defeats. And so we lose Detroit originally, throwback to that. And then this is, like, just the wildest thing. I can't get over this. So on August 24th, 1814, um, also August 24th is my little sister's birthday, so shout out to her. Um, so British and Canadian forces seize Washington, D.C., and burn down the White House. So, so let's just let that sink in for a bit. It's like, not only was our nation's capital, like, invaded and seized by foreign troops, but they literally burned down the White House. This is, wait, Canadians or? Both Canadian and British troops, but mostly Canadians. What? Oh my gosh, I didn't realize the White House got burned down. Yeah. Like, how burnt to a crisp or just like a little chard i don't know i don't i i honestly don't know that's fair yeah but i do know that like the design of the white house has changed a lot since it was like we didn't even have a white house for a while i don't know i know that design has changed so i'm guessing it had to do with the fact that it got destroyed like originally that was probably a big factor but yeah good opportunity to remodel i guess yeah Yeah, exactly. Put some light on the situation. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. But yeah, when I was working in Canada, this is what, like, it would people would always bring this up all the time, be like, oh, remember when we burnt down the White House in the War of 1812? And, like, people would love to, like, joke about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I really had no idea that this happened. Yeah. But Canadians remember, and they are very proud of it. <laughs> This is the first time I'm hearing that the White House was burnt down by Canadians. That's Like, this is such a big deal. Like, I don't know why, like, we don't talk about this. It's probably because it doesn't look good for us. Yeah, because it's embarrassing for us, right? Yeah, yeah, but I thought that was wild. Our capital, like, 
was seized by foreign invaders. That's wild. Yeah. But again, like there are more successes. So despite all this, we still have some victories and we turn out okay in the end, obviously. <laughs> and so on September 13th, 1814, so two years after the war began, U.S. soldiers successfully defend Fort McHenry after 25 hours straight of bombardment by the British Navy. So that's a long time. And then the next morning, the fort soldiers raise a giant U.S. flag, and this would be the site that inspired an onlooker to write a poem about the battle. And the poet was Francis Scott Key, and his poem would later be set to the tune of an old English drinking song and would become known as the Star Spangled Banner, our national anthem. So it's so sweet. That's so sweet, <laughs> but I didn't realize it was to the tune of a drinking song. Yeah, also did not know that. I found that out in my research, and I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, but I definitely thought that the Star Spangled Banner, like, I thought that was about the War of Independence. I didn't realize it was War of 1812. Yeah, me too. I thought that the we had that, our, like, national anthem was locked down, like, by the Revolution time. Yeah. I didn't realize it was, like, yeah. 40 years later. And it took a while for his poem to be, like, set to the tune of music and then chosen as an anthem. So we didn't have an anthem for a while, I think. Yeah, so it's wild. All right, so now I'm going to, so flash forward to February 17th, 1815. So this is three years after the start of the war. The Treaty of Ghent is ratified, which officially ends the War of 1812. So if you look at this treaty, you can easily see how pointless this whole war is because so the US and Great Britain, they keep their original territories. Like there's they don't there's no exchange in territories between the two nations. So it's not like, okay, we gained Canada or like Great Britain won parts of US. No, nothing happens. Um and then the treaty says nothing about ending British impressment of US sailors. And it doesn't say anything about, like, restricting trade. So, like, literally the reasons we came into war, like, nothing, there's nothing, nothing is achieved. And basically everything returns back to normal for the U.S. and Great Britain. But, okay, so actually, this, I thought this was so funny. So on January 8th, 1815, so unaware that the war had already ended, British troops attacked the U.S. in the Battle of New Orleans and... They are quickly defeated by General Andrew Jackson's army. And so even though like this was technically after peace had been declared and it's like not, it shouldn't really be part of War of 1812, this left Americans with a taste of victory. So they're like, oh yeah, we definitely won this war. Like, check this out. Uh, <laughs> even though none of their pre-war objectives were achieved, they were like, yep, we definitely won. Like, pat on the back for us. That's <laughs> the American way. Yeah. And then, but then Great Britain was like, oh no, yeah, like we also won. Like, we're feeling pretty good. Like, that last battle doesn't really count. And like, each country like has their own successes and defeats. So both countries are like, yeah, we won. Good for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and however, while there are no clear winners, there is definitely a loser of the war. And that is the Native Americans. So they suffer significant casualties from this war and they lose a lot of their territory to the U.S. Despite how little was achieved as a result, the War of 1812 has a huge impact on American patriotism and politics at the time. So it's seen as the second war of independence to Americans. They're like, yes, we beat the British yet again. And then this begins an era of 
like partisan agreement. So both parties are agreeing with each other. And then there's a lot of national pride that is being felt. And this would later be known as the era of good feelings, which is like such a cool name, just like good vibes only, basically. <laughs> but Modern day, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so the War of 1812 is basically the end of the Federalist Party because they're seen as being unpatriotic for their anti-war stance. And it produces a new generation of American generals, and it helps lead Andrew Jackson, John Quincy Adams, James Monroe, and William Henry Harrison into the U.S. presidency. So this really impacts our politics. And most importantly, the War of 1812 confirms that the U.S. really exists. So it really, like, solidifies the fact that we're... We're a real nation. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're a real independent nation. And so after this, Great Britain would never invade the U.S. again. And the U.S. not only saw itself as an independent nation separate from Great Britain, but also as a big player on the world stage. We're like, wow, we could we can really achieve anything if we have enough soldiers and like gunpowder. But um, yeah, and so today, when we remember the War of eighteen twelve, I think it's also important to remember that there are four very distinct versions of the story. So, in comparison to the American perspective. The British version is often overshadowed in history books by the Napoleonic Wars. And so I actually like texted my British friend the other day. Shout out to him. He knows who he is. Um, and I was like, hey, what do you know about War of 1812? He's like, literally, like, I don't know that much. He's like, we always talk about Napoleonic Wars. And yeah, he doesn't really remember War of 1812. Again, to put these two conflicts into perspective, the War of 1812 and the Napoleonic Wars, So in the War of 1812, 20,000 people die on both sides. But then in the Napoleonic Wars, 3.5 million people die. So that's like a huge difference. So obviously it makes sense why this war is overshadowed. Because again, it's pretty pointless in the end. Um, And additionally, the British see the main cause of the War of 1812 as America's desire for territorial acquisition. So they're like... You guys just wanted to take Canada, so chill. <laughs> Makes sense. I feel like you're a new nation. You want to prove that you're yeah, exactly. going to be messed with. Question, mm-hmm. on the dates of uh, the war, so how long did the war last? So it's about three years. So it's 1812 to 1815. Okay. So the, the name, War of 1812, is like a really stupid name because it lasts multiple years, but I'm not going to get into mm-hmm. it. And then a uh, follow-up question. So you mentioned Andrew Jackson, like, towards the end of it, and then yeah. also that the Native Americans suffered the most. So Trail of Tears, is that related to this at all? I don't really know much about the Trail of Tears other than Andrew Jackson did it, and it was a really sad point. Yeah, so actually, honestly, we should cover that in one of our late next episodes, but... Yeah, so Andrew Jackson, so at this time he's a general in the war, and like he gains a lot of, I guess, like national recognition, and people are like, wow, he's a war hero. And so that's what, what helps him win presidency. But Trail of Tears isn't until after he assumes power as U.S. president, and it was basically basically what happened, like just to like do a brief summary, like the U.S. wanted to acquire all this Native American territory that was spread across the country. And so they force Native American tribes to relocate to the Great Plains. Um, so then like white settlers could live in their lands. And so they literally forced them to like walk hundreds of thousand miles and so many Native Americans die on the way because it's a really 
like awful journey yeah I just did the road trip back from the west to the east. That's not a joke. I was like, why would anyone ever want to walk through, like, Nevada or Nebraska for this long? It's really... Yeah, they definitely did not have a choice in that. Yeah, so we should cover that in a later episode. Yeah, I'll take that one up since I brought it up. I'll cover it. All right, everyone stay tuned for that. Yay. Awesome. So, actually, yeah, so... The in regards to the Native American perspective, so the Native Americans once again lost many lives and a lot of territories at the hands of American soldiers. And Tecumseh, one of their most notable heroes, dies in the conflict. And so the defeat of Tecumseh and the Indian Confederation or Prophetstown and his whole vision of uniting Native American tribes, that defeat would be seen as a decisive turning point in their losing struggle to govern themselves and stand up against the U.S. government. So that's kind of how it's remembered from the Native American perspective. And like we talked about earlier, for Canadians, the War of 1812 is the cornerstone of nationhood and is talked about a lot, lot more. And it shows that they're, this war like shows that they're not only a distinct nation from America, but also that they're strong enough to successfully defeat an American attack and are actually able to invade the U.S. (laughs) and seize the nation's capital. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so Canadians are very proud of this moment because yeah, they're like, okay, we're we're not the same as America. Like we're two different nations. We need to be regarded as two different nations. We have different values and yeah, we might be polite, but it doesn't mean we're weak. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I wonder, that should be like a saying for Canadians. Yeah. yeah. Polite, but not weak. Polite, right? but not pushovers. Yeah. Be like polite, but don't test us too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's basically a very brief summary of the War of 1812. There are so many battles that I I don't know how to talk about like battles so if you're interested there's so much information available on the internet but yeah that's basically a brief summary of the war of 1812 yay thank you Nat. i really i appreciate that you like to cover the wars i just had a (laughs) conversation with my sister and she was like yeah nat always covers the wars it's really good and i struggle to cover things that aren't tech related or like science and (laughs) stuff so thank you for covering this because i would not have looked into it yeah, I was, I kind of was a little reluctant to start my research just because I was like, Ugh, early 1800s, it's so boring. But right. this turned out to be so, such a wild part of U.S. history, and I'm surprised we don't learn more about it. It's an interesting war, right? And the title doesn't give it away. You just call it the War of 1812. That doesn't tell you anything significant about it. Yeah. Besides the time period. Right? If you could rename the war, what would you rename it to? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. <laughs> Like something, it needs to do something about like Canada invading us and yeah, something like the the Canadian War, something like that. Yeah, I feel like that's a that's good clickbait, right? The Canadian War, because I just have a hard time seeing Canadians wanting to have a war with us. Yeah, yeah, I think America's PR team at the time when they decided to name this war, they really need a lesson on clickbait. And like, <laughs> we need catchy names. No one's gonna click on War of eighteen twelve. We need like. Well, it's kind of embarrassing for us. Maybe the Canadians have a different name for it, like yeah. the time we beat the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> like our greatest moment in history. Right. Like what is like the Canadian Revolution or something? Yeah. Oh my gosh, the great Canadian victory. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you guys have any ideas <laughs> for what this war should be renamed as, send us an email at howdidwenotknowthat at gmail.com. Yeah. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave it in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, like and subscribe. Tweet us at howdidwenotknowthat yeah. or HDWNKT. I think oh my that's gosh. Our tag. I forgot I we have Twitter. It. Tweet us too. Follow us on Twitter. Please tweet us. Yeah, <laughs> we're desperate. We're, we're begging you. <laughs> yeah, please, please, please. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> This has been an episode of How Did We Not Know That. If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on all social media, including YouTube, at How Did We Not Know That. If you thought our podcast was low quality, we know. We thought so, too. Help us improve the podcast by contributing to our Patreon. Thank you for listening, and see you guys next week.